bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Andrew Mean, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello, beautiful people. Justin Robert Young. Hello. And always saving the best for last, Mr. Bryce Castillo. Ah, hi, thank you. Mr. Marbles himself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Gentlemen, I want to introduce you to my little friend. Her name uh, is Elizabeth I, Ann. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, I don't know uh, if this is TOS appropriate. This is this is totally cool, and I want you to figure out what makes Elizabeth Ann special. Um, I'm gonna guess. Is it too much of a leap too fast in this game to go straight to probably not a human being? Can I say probably not a human being? Okay, all right. So far, so good. He's on doing the nose, the nose yep. tap. He's Got it. Okay. On the nose. Justin, what's your guess? Uh, snake. <laughs> okay. First of all. Solid, like that's some good game theory on weird yeah. things. I'm gonna take spiders. Gonna, it, it, spiders. God damn, oh, it damn it! It's like eighty percent chance that I'm already screwed here. Okay, let's go. <laughs> instead nope. of instead of diamond hands, it's like uh, I snake spiders to the uh, to the bog. Just to the bog. Uh, okay, so it's not human. Is it? Is it one of the Elizabeth Ann? Is it a, a Boston Dynamics like robot? Is it a dog? Oh, is what's that the name of the dog? I, w- I was going to go a different direction and go bot, but more of a AI bot. Oh, chat bot then. Yeah. yeah. Nope. <gasps> is that is that Bigfoot's wife? Is that Missfoot? Wait, hold on. First of all. It just occurred to me we never got an answer on either spiders or snakes. Oh, he said no. no. We, nope, we, no okay, all right, good. <laughs> Elizabeth Ann. Elizabeth Ann, not a bot. It's kind of an old timey name, huh? Kind of the two first names sort of Wait thing. Wait a minute. Wait, uh, um, is it like an old school automaton from like a previous era? Nope. <sighs> mm, is it? A uh, 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 a rare Fabergé egg. <laughs> no, <laughs> but okay. So it's a rare thing. Okay. Um, is it a cloned animal? Is it one of those names for like cloned animals? Like, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. I eyes. know that smile. Oh, I know, I know that those eyes are darting like he's a lawyer <laughs> pretending not to be a cat. I know what I'm seeing right now. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly, <gasps> Bryce. <laughs> oh, uh, well done. <laughs> now I'm sending you, but we got to guess what and what makes this special. Well, we know that that Dolly the sheep was uh, uh, probably of all time the most famous clone creature that I can think of by name, and I know that that it was the beginning of. Um, and and we'll, we'll do a quick science side jag, and you can tell me. We'll play a game called. Uh, Andrew tells Brian whether or not he remembers the headlines correctly. Uh, Dolly the sheep, if I remember correctly, was the first time to take an adult nucleus uh, uh, filled with DNA and implant it in embryonic cells. Um, And the problem with that process is you get a lot of deformed, non-viable beings. But if I remember correctly, those that do make it and turn out not to be sterile... They're 
offspring is for lack of, uh, the only thing I could think of is what Stephen King called it in the, the, the wastelands uh, or, or um, wizard and glass. He called it threaded stock. So weirdly, I remember an article 15, 18 years ago in wired magazine. And the headline was just straight up. You have almost certainly eaten cloned beef. And I was like, what? And it goes on to explain that, that it's a messy process. But if you get a viable clone of an offspring, then their offspring are apparently perfectly fine to eat. And you almost certainly have eaten cloned offspring from clone. Uh, am, am I right wow. so far? Yeah. And so one of the ways that cloning gets messy is that, you know, we're taught like, DNA, DNA, these these four base pairs are what control everything, right? Not quite fully true. Nature is very efficient. And nature says, ah, DNA, perfect. And I'm going to put this into another, you know, another cell and it's going to split and multiply. It's like, oh, wait, I've got a patch update. Uh, I can't put it in the DNA. What do I do? Well, we'll put some proteins on the surface of the DNA, on the outer edge of the DNA. It'll have some extra code. We'll rarely ever use this. It won't be a big deal. It's just a little update to the organism. You can still maybe grow the organism with the DNA, but the really the, the latest patches are there. Well, over time, it's called methylation, right? So methylation is the addition of proteins on the ex, uh, hanging off the edge of the DNA. What's happened over time is uh, some organisms have more methylation than others. And that's why when you'll see Sometimes that clone cow that's like just super ginormous and huge. Oh yeah, it looks like it looks like he's been all roided up and is about to take yeah. on a Terminator from the future because of the methylation. No, he, he would and be this Terminator from the future. Yeah, yeah. And with with uh, humans, um, that's the sort of thing too. Is that like uh, I think we have a lot of methylation, which makes it difficult as uh, far as cloning. But before we get too far too fast, just just so I have the right picture in my mind what i'm imagining based on what you say is if you have all these hanger on proteins then um during the dna duplication the split then that's sort of when the 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 right coding process weaves its way into the split is that is that is that how it happens i'm i'm, I'm thinking of uh, uh, man seventh grade life science well there's probably another process within the cell that is able to take advantage of some of the methylation so methylation doesn't necessarily replicate itself the same way of just splitting the dna and recombining it to this okay but 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 in general methylation is the addition of outside proteins that become integrated into the the yeah. the, the reduplication of, of yeah DNA. The, the 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 wikipedia explanation dna methylation is a biologic process by which methyl groups are added to the dna molecule methylation can change the activity of a dna segment without changing the sequence Got it. Mm. Got it. Uh, we got to see Elizabeth Ann, though. You, oh, I okay. have to show okay. you Elizabeth Ann okay. because okay. I found uh, her. Wait, wait, wait. Don't show don't We show won't do it yet. yet but. what, what makes so cloned animal, what makes her special? Um, hmm. Okay. So when I think of cloned or even genetically modified anything, I, I think of uh, whoopsie doodle errors that belong in a Cronenberg film. I think of, um, for some reason, uh, because it's a good marker, just add it like glowing cats, like adding jellyfish DNA glowing uh, or, or, or fluorescing stuff to find out whether or not stuff worked. Um, and I, um, is, it, is it a primate? Oh my God, is it a primate? 
no. Oh, I don't know why that felt good, but. You really wanted it to not be a primate. Yeah, I really did. <laughs> because, uh, wait, it's not, wait, it's not a human, is it? <gasps> is it a human? Because I know China, they, they do weird stuff. Traditional Chinese name, Elizabeth Ann. No, not, not. I mean, that, that, would, be, that would be just how China would get you. They, 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 I think they, after they, the trouble of the CRISPR babies from what last year or two years well, ago, that's what I was thinking is like she might have been a CRISPR baby. Uh, hmm. Justin, what do you think? Type of oh, I, I, I don't know. It was, it was half an egg, half, half, half an egg. Is, Somebody made an egg out of a salamander. It's going crazy. Wait a minute. Is Elizabeth? All right. One more question. In the spirit of yes, no. Um, is Elizabeth Ann an anagram for anything? Because, boy, did that sm sound like it's a sneaky anagram for, like, lizard something. Oh, my God, is it a lizard? No. Oh. And I don't know if it's an anagram for anything. Okay. All right. I don't, I don't think it is. All right. Let's uh, cut to the chase. Let's everybody take a look at Elizabeth Ann. The first uh, cloned endangered species, a black-footed ferret. Look at her. Aww. From North America. Aww. North America. Aww. Look at that. She's so sweet. She's like. Clone little ferret. Uh, what does it say? 47 days old or so. Uh, it looks great. Also, uh, I called it Elizabeth Ann is an anagram for a blaze in then, which I think we were all thinking of. Of course. <laughs> sure, yeah. Or sorry, a blaze hen knit. Born on December 10th, 2020, Elizabeth Ann is the genetic twin of a black-footed ferret named Willa who died in 1988. <gasps> oh, the Wyoming Jesus. Game and Fish uh -huh. Department preserved Willa's cells at San Diego Zoo's Global's Frozen Zoo, where they were stored in a cryobank for decades. And you're, sure, you're certain it's not an anagram for bathe nails in. <laughs> uh, that's that's crazy. So, so what was the... Was the initial purpose of storing all these cells for cloning back in the in 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 the late eighties? I I would imagine that I I I I certainly know that that plant samples were kept ju just on principle. You know what, hundreds of years ago, where it's just like, well, this is gone. Seems like we should hold on to a piece of it. Yeah. So they've started. 40 years ago, they started preserving DNA samples, and the, the black-footed ferret apparently was, in, was threatened, and they thought it went extinct. And then, like, 1980, they found, like, a family of black-footed ferrets on a ranch, so they got some DNA samples and preserved it. So this is, you know, you know, one of the ways in which we're able to bring this back is, I mean, I think this animal had still, because they found out it wasn't extinct, I'm not sure who the mother was, but, uh, you know, kind of fascinating. Uh, you know what? Actually, now that I look at it, there's kind of like a, a big, almost like she's wearing a mask, which makes sense because uh, there's an anagram for Bane Hayes Lint, which I think is what they were going for. You're, you're this you're, this you're, Lint, you will give up your life. <laughs> your Bane Hayes Lint. <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that's crazy, man. That's so uh, 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 is there any word on the... Uh, is is there any knowledge I should be updating in this in this ramshackle catastrophe I call a brain about like the general method of cloning? Is it still grab some adult DNA, squeeze it into an embryo, and and hope it takes, or or is there classier uh, ways? I mean, there, I mean the, the the as far as I mean, your your where your DNA comes from, whatever. I don't know kind of the latest as far as 
the specifics of how I know we're getting a lot more precise in what we're able to do, which is good. And like we've talked before now with with things like CRISPR and Cas9, these methods are you know, can help us be a little more precise in what we're able to do. But as far as the methods themselves, like I said, the, the methylation, by the way, it's not proteins, it's methyl groups. And I apologize to the two people up there that were writing angry letters. Uh, it's, you know, we're going to need to advance some of our technology to get even further along like that, being able to look at that extra information on the surface of DNA. Is there still, we, we think we have, ah, oh, we have this perfect process. It's this strand, this double helix, this, this almost platonic solid and it's like, well, yeah, but nature nature doesn't like symmetry and beauty the way we do. And it's like, ah, I'm going to throw some extra data on here. Like, well, how will we clone? I don't know. Not my problem. I have a billion years to figure this out. <laughs> there awesome. is. And so it's cool, though. At the same time this story came up was we found the uh, another example of really, really old DNA this was Siberian. Uh, this is this week. We've been able to retract the oldest DNA ever recovered was from a one million year old mammoth. Oh, my gosh. What's significant about this is we've talked about before is there are studies that talked about the half life of DNA, the idea that DNA deteriorates over time and that you were never going to get DNA more than a few hundred thousand years old. You know, we've been able to sequence things from Neanderthals and other some of our ancestors and some adjacent species. But there have been people who said like, hey, no, you're not going to be able to go beyond this. And we said here on this very podcast, there's always going to be a but you're going to find out that, yes, this may be true in normal conditions, but there's always going to be extenuating conditions. We've, we've have evidence that if you have the presence of iron, that DNA may form kind of like cluster around iron and we may have much older, we have evidence of really, really like tens of millions of year old DNA fragments. And in this case, they found like the DNA inside of a tooth inside of a mammoth that was frozen in permafrost. And they'd be like, well, yeah, of course, in those conditions, DNA, like, so yeah. So DNA well, can be billions of years old. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was uh just recently, oh, I would be a better person if I, I, I no, I, I do remember it was on The Economist. Um, there was uh, somebody talking about, um, uh, yes, technically, you can't just dip a microphone into the water and just magically know the shape of all the earth underneath. However, what you can do is you can listen for primary sounds, like, for example, whale song. Whale songs are yelling at whales. So the first thing you hear is the whale yelling. But then you're going to get to hear echoes. And as, and as a certain um, a, a, a thriller novelist wrote about, you can take those echoes and get a general shape of the ground or, or of the room from which it came. And so the, the Economist story was about the fact that uh, uh, somebody was able to uh, essentially use uh, whale song as a proxy uh, 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 ping, sonar ping, to, hmm. to get the shape of, of the, uh, the ground beneath. There's, yeah, there's a lot of different ways in which you can reconstruct. If you have some form of information, something that's there, and there's there's really cool papers talking about how uh, being able to know what's on the other side of inside of a room by looking at just the way certain light bounces around. There's a lot of really cl clever, incredible ways in which you can reconstruct things, which you wouldn't think there was any information. But sometimes the noise isn't really noise. Sometimes the noise is interference, and you separate that out. You've got signal. Well, and, and, but, you know, uh, 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 just to double down on that idea, you know what it reminds me of is let, let's take it for granted that people say, like, DNA can only last so long, and then after that, there's no way to, to – 
preserve that information. Um, uh, entropy reigns supreme and you lose the, the thing. However, uh, I remember as, as, as a kid doing so many of those, um, those logic squares where, yes, you never knew for sure who the killer was, but you were able to effectively limit or eliminate like, well, it couldn't have been because this is the half wife of the person who was upside down and driving a car and, and this person's blood type wouldn't boy. And eventually you're left it kind of like a Sudoku puzzle. You're left with, uh, after eliminating all the, you know, uh, possible, whatever the Sherlock Holmes quote, you're, you're left with, well, it must be this. I could totally see a lot of markers that you don't currently associate with actual DNA information preservation, basically being sort of the, um, uh, uh, uh the parody bits for all of those things so that, that you end up, uh, you end up, uh, it, well, like we, we can't say for sure it was that, but we know for sure it can't be anything other than that. Yeah. Which there's problems with that, which it, it assumes, you know, all the variables, but, uh, it's still, I don't know. I, I, well, and, I, and also keep, keep in mind, I'm, I'm banking on future people knowing more than us. And, uh, and, and at some point, God, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, who knows, man? <laughs> like the like blipverts may come out and our brains all get fried. That was a deep cut. <laughs> there you go, Max Headroom reference. Thank everybody. you. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was trying glad to find you were there that. For that. I was trying to find that show online, by the way. Amanda <laughs> uh, Pays. Uh, so yeah, and there and there's like really good research into DNA Half Life that shows like, hey, under the conditions we've met, it breaks down. And I'm not trying to like, oh, those meanies trying to take away our dinosaurs. Like it's legit, but it is that there's always these other mitigating factors. Like, well, there might be some something environment that can preserve it, whatever. And what we understand now, like Michael Crichton talked about even way back in Jurassic Park, like, is if you have a lot of little fragments, you can overlap them and you can put together a bigger sequence, and we can do things. You could do really cool things with artificial intelligence where you could build a system and give it the morphology. You give the morphology of a dinosaur and some evidence of like this is we know they're related to birds because morphology alone, like you could get you could get a timber wolf or you could get a Tasmanian wolf, which is a marsupial and a completely unrelated species. So morphology alone isn't enough. Well, if you look at the teeth, it's different, but I digress. Point is you could take the morphology of an organism, like the shape, the bones, and what we know. And then say, we know it's kind of like this bird here, and here's some other bits of DNA. And you might be able to use AI to say, create a DNA strand that would make a thing like this. Right. Huh. And then if you ever got fragments, say, like, did that show up? Did that show up there? Or well, it, it, uh, wow. uh, two, two thoughts popped to mind, one of which is you mentioned Michael Crichton. I believe, if I remember correctly, in Jurassic Park, um, it is discussed about how the actual dinosaurs they were creating were fast moving warm blooded creatures and that didn't that didn't match the public perceptions of slow moving cold blooded creatures mm -hmm. and there was discussion about like well do we want to give people the dinosaurs they expect or the dinosaurs as they were so so certainly i agree i think i think we'll we'll sort of have the question like hey man you want to make a critter how do you want it to be uh, uh, uh what what version of it and likewise um i i won't say which show for fear of spoilers, but let's just say Bryce hates it. Um, the, uh, <laughs> there was a, there was a there was a discussion about like we could create a simulation of a thing, and yes, maybe the eye wrinkles are different in version prime versus beta versus zeta or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the general thing is 
what you think it is. And and the question is how how close to like number one, what is real, and then and then uh, is that necessarily what you want? What what is also interesting is okay. So the idea of we give an AI what a a, a a determined goal of what we would want an organism to look like mm-hmm. and it begins to to create dna sequences i mean at that point it is like a a, a life simulation right at that i think if you hit that point I, I i don't know what else what else is left to conquer in terms of making like a full universal simulation well and th- th- this is back to uh that certain sci-fi series question of like um for example, we're really good at upscaling. Uh, recently, I think somebody upscaled the uh, the, the the Rickroll video. The uh, never going to give you yeah, up. exactly uh, uh, upscaled it uh, both in resolution and in um, frame rate. Um, and yeah, I believe that's pretty much what it looked like. Whether or not it's exactly right for the interpolated pixels in between, number one, uh, do we care? Number two. Um, uh, who knows? And, and when it comes to like, if you get to the point where you're bringing, where you're bringing a life form back, uh, I, I suppose you would bring back enough and you would maybe do kind of like a, uh, the, a genetic equivalent of a fingerprint check. And as long as they both pretty much checked out, you could shrug and say, yeah, that's pretty much that species because there's a lot of, oh my God, it's so creepy to look at. At the at the at the high frame rate, yeah. uh, I I don't know how much of it is the high frame rate or the resolution. There's, uh, you know, and one of the things is like if you were to bring back the dinosaurs, if you were trying to bring back a dinosaur, which I'm all aboard, I think it's a, a great plan. Nothing could go wrong. Um, <laughs> is Just keep that, them dependent on lysine, you'll be fine. Yeah, is that you have the you'd have to change it. You would have to like because you know dinosaurs when they live, they're more oxygen in the environment. And so you would need to be able to adapt it to be able to fit. So you'd have to make modifications to bring that back. And if you were to bring back uh, other animals too, like there's a thing to think about is like, like Richard Dawkins posed the question, like if we could bring back, I think he said like Lucy, like if we could clone Lucy, you know, which you know, maybe one of our ancestors, which is, you know, kind of halfway between us and a chimp, should we? And, and my argument's kind of like, I'll, I'll pose it the same way. If I could take a chimpanzee and bring it back and put it into an environment, but without another group of chimpanzees to live with and to be in, along among chimps, an environment that's familiar, should I? And we do that right now, and I'm uncomfortable with that. Yeah. So I'd be really uncomfortable with us bringing back just one animal, one one thing from its you know ecosystem or from its time frame, and bringing it back and like, hey, welcome to our world. Okay. And you're the only one, the only one, mm. just you. Um. Uh. 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 I'm going to ask a question that is going to make it sound more cruel and more gross, but I hope and suspect that you will find it more humane and thoughtful. What if you could grow Lucy without a head? No head, no brainstem, nothing but just autonomic functions. You have a little AI bot that, that makes sure that the blood is pumping and the air is breathing and the lungs are going. There's no... There's no consciousness or anything that resembles any of that. It's just exactly a replica of Lucy with all of the scientific findings that come along with that and none of the liability of bringing back a conscious, semi-conscious, proto-conscious being of any variety. So that 
I mean, I don't, I'm not, I remember years ago, I showed this or like years and years, decades ago, I showed this article to Justin, which was like this New York Newsweek, like editorial about the horror of this or what, imagine the horror of, you know, of a hospital filled with bodies with no brains that are being harvested for organs. And I'm like, well, where's the horror in that? There's no brain. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, sounds like, to me like a lot of grandmas get to see graduation. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, there's no, no, like, ah, the horrors of tissue banks filled with rows of skin after skin like cool all right yeah no i'm i'm cool oh what about eyeball and it's like yeah there's no brain there but i would say that probably the cool thing about lucy would be able to figure out would be to study her brain it's like right how smart it, was she? like how how valuable is that if we're if the limiting point is well we can't do we can't ethically give it a brain i would i would imagine that there's a fair bit of you would notice um uh, uh, small things that we could take hints from, from the shape of the yeah, hands no, I agree. to, there's, you, there's you know, stuff to be learned for uh, sure. Uh, uh, you, you could, you could, you could poke a brain button or a lack of brain button and then cause, you know, a grip to happen. And you're like, Oh, that's the kind of grip that this, this, you know, yeah. Oh yeah. Uses. Digestive systems. There's a lot to be gleaned from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot to be, could be gleaned from that. So, yeah. uh, uh and, and yeah. just one quick button on it. Uh, when, when you were talking about what it's like, the, the ethical implications of bringing someone back and only having one, uh, I remember in high school, I was reading a collection of uh, science fiction short stories. And in this one, uh, this guy is at a party and uh, he's talking to folks and and they're all like, oh, so what brings you here? And he's like, weirdest thing, man. I, uh, I I died in the 20th century, but I was frozen in ice and I was uh, defrosted. And now uh, uh, they were able to repair enough of my body that here I am in the 22nd century. And then the person... Uh, kind of takes a sip of their wine and says, oh, that's, that's cool. We don't get many of those. And uh, dude's like really bummed out by the weird reaction that it gets at a party and then eventually um, has his suspicions and goes and, and jabs himself in the finger. And at first it hurts, but then he keeps on pushing and then it stops hurting. And then he rips off enough of his finger to realize that he's just an android made as a party trick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. And I was, uh, oh, it still, it still gives me the, Ooh, that's the that's, day. Is that, that sounds like a Philip yeah. K. Dick almost kind of, yeah. kind of story. Yeah. Uh, but that idea rough. of just somebody casually saying, oh, we don't get many of those. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, sorry. Yeah. You've I'm, gotten them before? How many? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, this is my story that I'm going to never have to pay for another drink on. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> The 20th century and uh where's everybody going <laughs> that was like uh you've seen the show upload right uh no but i'm familiar with the conceit it's it's sort of like um an evil comedic jaded version of the good place where where somebody just uploads their consciousness to uh to it to an ad supported uh, afterlife it's devs meets good place okay <laughs> okay and i like there's a I point like where the guy the, the guy gets <laughs> uploaded and they have his funeral, but they got a video wall. And so he's in the virtual realm on the other side at his own funeral, you know, and so he can watch it and they can interact with him and see him. But nobody bothers talking to him. Nobody cares. Because <laughs> it's not really him. It's like, who wants to, who wants to actually talk no. with the... Well, and his girlfriend, it, who is like still him. alive, like left him. Like, she's like, oh, I'm going to join you. I'll, I'll go and be with you eventually but like she's making this party a big social gathering for herself and it's but, it's, yeah, but it's like it's not that it's not that it's not him it's just it's like hey everybody i, I moved to canada cool hey so tell me the other day what happened over here hey canada's pretty cool like 
great you 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 moved on celebration of life here. over here just it's, gonna, it's like yeah. it's like a 1895 somebody definitely just died of syphilis uh and they're having the funeral and they do have a ouija board over here but nobody could be bothered to use the ouija board <laughs> because it's like well yeah. hold on i mean i'm gonna get another drink i'll be right back it's even like shaking a little bit and i was like <laughs> he, can you can he, someone put a stone on that or something can we get a paperweight for the ouija he, he can call his friends and stuff and nobody else like, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's like the saddest thing. Cause it's just like, well, you're dead now. Yeah. It's you. I know it's you. It's all, but there is again to dodge spoilers, but there's another show. This one on HBO that Bryce hates <laughs> um, where, where that, that is a plot device at, at somebody who might've been in breaking bad. You don't remember that? I don't remember that. He gets phone calls repeatedly, and he keeps letting him go to voicemail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Andrew Weird, knows what I'm that. talking about. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, well you have to tell me after the show. Okay, all right, I will. Um, yeah. So I got another, another. Uh, <laughs> it's on the same topic. Uh, so, uh, Brian, uh, you, have, you have old photos of old family members? Oh. Like, you know, great, are we going to upscale and, them and put them in the, the Rick Astley video? Is that what's going to happen? We're gonna, we're, yes, and better. And we're going to animate them. Oh, so we can. Oh, this is a you're getting the Harry Potter photos. Oh, you seen these? no, I Anna, have not. This is a, it sounds Bryce, creepy and weird. I have seen these. This uh, is an app called My Heritage. And you sign up. I think it's like an ancestry sort of thing. You give it an old photo and it'll animate these photos it'll kind of make the head turn and the eyes move a little bit uh it works pretty well uh if it's like one head and there's not a hat it doesn't know what to do with hats i i i, I, I suddenly jk rowling is is awful what a terrible idea mm. oh i don't like this at all oh no no i think this it's watching is a old lady grimace the problem is Here's my problem with this is like they take a photo and they apply an algorithm and a method to bring it to life and animate it, whatever. But without knowing, you know, what was your grandfather's smile really like? What did he look like? And so it's applying the same sort of animation algorithm to everything. Oh, and, and, and imagine in a world where you become familiar enough where there's only like five smile archetypes. And then you're, you're like, like my dad wouldn't smile like a Slytherin. He would smile like a Hufflepuff. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Well, I, it's I, not. I, what I think covers up some of that is the fact that, like, you know, the head's kind of moving and they're blinking a little bit, but they're more just kind of like idle. They're not like, you know, smiling and, you know, saying, I, I love you, my great grandchildren. You know, well, I, it, I think that helps obscure yet. some of it. Not yet. Yeah, but. It's a bit where, like, part of the allure and charm of photos is everybody looks and thinks, what were they thinking? And this is one answer for everyone. They're all thinking, I am bored. <laughs> I am <laughs> well, bored. Well, back then it used to take eternity. it used to take so long to take they photos. They probably were bored. Actually. <laughs> yeah. The so, so they had the window. <laughs> the bird inside the camera had to peck out the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and then go. It's a living. It's a Flintstones reference for a oh. younger generation out there. I'm, yeah. Um, I I'm I'm all for like figuring out how to reconstruct the past. AI, all this sort of stuff. This to me is, you know. It, 
weird. Um, I bet there is a non-zero number of people who miss their loved ones, who and also love Harry Potter, who would like one last look. I don't know. Look at them. Well, the point is, Bryce is we're talking about like of. All the photos they show are people who like would have passed away before we had like video cameras and stuff, right? So or you're, lawsuits. You're, yeah. yeah, like yeah. I've got I've got all my family members on video, you know. So mm-hmm. that's I mean, the thing. Like I, to to me, this uh, is in the same ballpark as like you know colorizing old photos and video, right? Where you know someone takes a, you know artistic license to to take these old black and white photos and kind of approximate what it might have looked like. But, you know, they're not necessarily accurate. In a lot of cases, those, you know, recolorized photos are not accurate really at all, or they're subject to all of the biases that we have um, nowadays. I Uh, I think this is a very similar space. One, uh, color reproduction with AI algorithms has gotten uh, algorithms, which is the drunk version of an algorithm, have gotten <laughs> way, way, way better. Way better. We've seen how that's improved a lot. Two is there might be some ambiguity and false color and color stuff, but when they're having, you know, your family, you know, Uncle Ed go, yeah, you know, doing an expression he never did before, completely alien to him. That's my issue. Is it's like they're all they're all like, oh yeah, and this is how they would look around, like. No, that's this is they're applying, you know, like Brian says, a one of five. They're going to do expression number one, two, three, four, five. And that's where it just gets so false to me. Hmm. Well, and I mean, unfortunately, that's a fidelity problem, isn't it? That that's just the, the that's us at the Atari 2600 level of fidelity, not at the PlayStation 5 level of fidelity. Well, at some point, they're going to be better at evoking everything we remember or think we remember about a person by, uh, I mean, at some point, everything is going to be able to pass the Turing test for us, you know? Yeah. I, and I, I'm not, again, I'm all I'm pro the idea of reconstruct. I would say that there's one where it's going to be, I'm going to take an image and just apply a generic algorithm versus, Oh, we're going to take this image and we're going to run it through an AI that's actually able to pick or pick, you know, like we can tell a lot, crazy amounts of details from facial details and stuff like this, and maybe a few other photographs. Like, we'll take a sequence of photographs, and now we have a pretty good way to predict, and we have a way to show you this is maybe how this person, you know, that, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. That's I'm excited about that part. Well, And, the, and, and I well, think it is important to sort of divorce, um, uh, I think, something all three of us are saying, various versions of, uh, uh, I think we're all on the same page where it's like, there's not a moral judgment to be made here, but we're talking no. about the oogie factor. <laughs> we're yeah. currently we're currently gauging our ooginess, not 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 uh, the morality of of whether or not this is a good idea or a bad one. And my guess is, I I don't know a lot about my heritage. I'm assuming that they are like a ancestry.com. Yeah, it looks like they are like a learn about your lineage. Well, so, so I think that there's a there's you know talking about pulling on the heartstrings like that's the most like. Um, I don't know. This is a very like perfect storm application of AI and, you know, a service to people, right? You're looking for people who are interested in their history. Well, hey, here's an app and we can kind of make you feel like, you know, you're in the room with, you know, your great. Well, and, and, and that's an interesting question because um, that's one of those uh, we, we've talked before about the difference between um, reading a thing versus 
shaping a thing. And uh, part of me says, let's say 20 to 50 years from now, there's some, you know, ultra version of an Oculus, or maybe it's even in an exhibit at, 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 at Disney planet or whatever. Um, but it's like, yeah, just give us your DNA. We'll match it with the database. We were pretty sure we got most of the bone st structures, histories. We've cross-checked it with, uh, uh, cultural norms as the world's best historians understand them for various time periods throughout all of history. Um, it will be most accurate uh, for the generation to five generations behind you. After that, we're going to be filling in a lot of gaps with frog DNA, but but it will in general be as though you are meeting your great-great-grandfather, your great-great-great-great-grandfather, your, your proto-100,000 years ago uh, grandmother, and so on. Like, um, the, the, the question I have is, I mean, number one, I would definitely, I know the answer is I would do it. I would ride that ride, but... But even, even if it is, quote, for novelty purposes only, I fear that it would shape my reality to feel as though I, I have met all of my progenitors. Does that, does that any of that ring with you, Andrew? I think, I think that there's going to be, there, there are two pathways, and hopefully we will probably get a mixture of both. One is a pathway where we, we have the fake knowledge you know, the, the fake, I feel like this is real, but there is nothing really gleaned from it. It's all sort of fake. The other pathway is I get that feeling of being around them or talking to them, but also I was able to learn something because we used advanced ma machine learning and algorithms to understand more about that period in time. And I could ask him questions and he could tell me things that wasn't, I didn't know in my family history that turns out to be true because you know, talking to my great grandfather, and we've got every single phone book from Minnesota from the time period they lived in there, and they have a pretty good idea who his friends are. You know, like it's like, oh, tell me, I used to hang out with so and so. Ah, is that real? And I go look up and find out, like, oh yeah, no, that's true. And you know, eighty percent of what you hear could be true because the the algorithm's so good at predicting these things. That's what's exciting to me is where we could get a high chance of real information right. and, and, and a factual amount of cross checking based on, uh, your ethnicity. Um, uh, when you came to America, how, what generation you were, who you associated with geographically, where you came from or whatever, like, uh, they can't say for sure that say eight generations back, a relative of mine was super duper racist and outspoken about it and, and, and a belligerent drunk or whatever, but, but they could say, Hey man, demographically per the study, this this matches the fingerprint of everything we're seeing. That's another thing too, is that like you know, man, like we're gonna find out like our, our great great grandma, they're pretty damn racist. <laughs> you know, that is the thing. That's a very some ideas I'm very uncomfortable with. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. although mine fought were abolitionists who fought for the North. So uh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, the ones uh, I talk about. The ones I talk about. So lucky. Uh, I, I, and, and number one, I hundred percent believe you. But does that give you just a little bit more hesitation to step into the magic Disney Planet machine to find out oh, for sure? Oh, oh, God. oh no! Yeah, I don't, <laughs> you're like, you know what? I'm cozy with the story. Ah, that's fine. It's fine. No, I want to. I, I accept this truth. Uh, did you see the uh, the TikTok of Tom Cruise doing the uh, the coin vanish? No. Can I see this? Is it good? Yeah. I, let me see. I'm going to show you some magic. Ooh. It's the real thing. <laughs> oh. I mean, uh, it's all the real thing. Okay. 
The real magic trick is the de-aging software that was clearly done on his face. There is zero chance that's actually how he looks. Well, I think you're right because... Bum, bum, bum. It's a deep fake. Oh, wait, really? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I'm so accustomed to like, uh, I th- Tom Cruise specifically really gets your, your de-aging <laughs> technology well, well, button. Well, because, because he's the only person that I've heard of, and I'm sure other people have it, but they've been quieter about it. But I've heard that in Hollywood, it is baked into every single contract that he is to always be digitally de-aged. So he never appears older than either 50 or 55 or something like that. Um, and every time you ever see him, like just knowing, ooh, that's amazing. Yeah. This, that's great. Uh, the, yeah. Uh, he, they, this, this person did, did a few of these videos over the, over the weekend uh, with, with the deep fake Tom Cruise. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I don't know, Andrew, were you as surprised as I was about how much like traction this got in terms of news coverage? Uh, so... No, I mean, well, first, if somebody said to me, hey, what do you think about this? I'm like, that's a horrible French drop for a guy that wanted to play Houdini. <laughs> I think he would have done a better job. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that face. There's like, I, you, you, could, you could spot the whole. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I looked at it again. I'm like, oh, that's a deep fake. And I'm like, this is a really good deep fake. I think the reason is that it got traction because so many people accepted the crappy, crappy, crappy thing we saw in Mandalorian and thought that was state of the art. And right. we realized, like, no, that is garbage. That was garbage, 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 horrible, horrible, horrible face. You know, also, also worth, worth noting, there. if if I if the behind the scenes chit chat that I've read is correct, the only reason that we saw that technology used in the Mandalorian is because literally they already had it. Like, well, we've already paid for this. We already have this. This is good to go. It was good enough for for you know this this other movie. Let's put it in here, which it wasn't. Yeah, it was correct, get, correct, correct, correct. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, but again, it, it when co- you got to when you got like you have to draw out the budget for these things long before they actually come out. So, well, I, I mean, I I have a little insight too, and part of it comes down to is every show has uh, you know Lucasfilm has their VFX supervisors, and like yes, they spend a considerable amount of money to develop a process. And they are not. They don't want to admit that it's a, a bad process. They don't want to admit that that process wasn't good then and has been lapped by software that you know average person can use now because it's kind of embarrassing. Because they're supposed to be state of the art, and then you had people, you know, people within 24 hours of that coming out doing way better versions of it. And so, people who are involved in the VFX profit process there are still kind of like, no, ours is really good because of this. Are you sure? Was this really? Are we really there? And so it was a pride thing. Yeah, and I feel bad all of a sudden that the first thing I noticed was how creepy his face was. <laughs> I feel like that says something about me and not about the excellence of the deep fake. What well, I'm mean, talking about oh, the, the Tom, Tom yeah, Cruise, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I, I think that the there is some other some other some YouTubers were doing a thing where they're trying to do it. They had a video of it, and theirs really wasn't good. They hired an actor that was even shorter than Tom Cruise and this sort of skinny not possible. guy, and it. Oh yeah, no, it was just <laughs> it was Peter it just, Dinklage. Oh come on! But you watch this one, and they try to like, oh look at this. And you're like, this feels just feels off and fake. And they're like, oh look at how great this is. I'm like, no, it's not really that good, you know. But this is really good. It may be the same group and the same actor this time, but because this time it's like it's very convincing. Yeah, I mean, even uh, ICU, one of our our chat members for Night Attack, for like. The past like six months has been doing these deep fakes <laughs> in our recap videos that he makes, and like he had what was it last week? He had John. Uh, he had uh, 
Billy Joel's face on Justin. No, you have to get. We have to get the the um the the uh, the, the chess one. The Queen's <laughs> okay. no, the oh, Queen's yeah. Gambit. That Bryce on the Queen's Gambit girl is 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 it is, is uh, uh, well. It's funny because for week after week he would put our faces on famous scenes, and then to see the reverse of it was very disquieting. Yeah. That was that was very jarring for for me. Yeah, but Just no, no. This, this tech, this tech is here, man. It is, it is large and in charge. So, uh, question from the chat room: Is there a way to be able to spot deep fakes? Uh, yes and no. Like, if you watched, uh, Bryce had a thing that showed a frame grab, a, a loop, and you could see the glasses vanish for a moment as it goes past his face. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, when objects go in front of the face, there might be little tells or things like this. Sometimes, when you look for a lot of movement, you might be able to spot where that is but you can tell on the are, edge of the frame too near the edge of the video frame sometimes it has trouble figuring yeah. out what goes past it yeah but these algorithms keep getting better and so the answer is and i but some people said oh look this vanishes like, like i can show you an actual real video stuff like that happening too because of the compression algorithms so we're getting to the point where it's going to be oh my, <laughs> oh my god, god this is this is amazing <laughs> have, you never, have you never seen this andrew no oh is this my amazing? god <laughs> <laughs> watching, we're watching the Queen's Gambit trailer with, with Bryce's face. And Bryce, Brian's the other face. <laughs> the other chest. <laughs> oh my god! And this is all, all better than what we saw in Mandalorian. All of this is better than Mandalorian. Oh, it's really wonderful. This is why you guys gotta watch the video. <laughs> we'll have a link in the uh, in the show notes, but it's very upsetting but, when I show up. I don't like it. I don't like the bit where you're like in the open robe. <laughs> I think that's you don't like it because that that's not that's the one not deep fake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because that, that, that's the modern rogue hiring process. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce, Bryce, come here. Does this spray on tan match? Uh, no, it doesn't. No. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Hey, uh, uh, yeah. uh, how do we keep this show allowed live oh, and independent, man? <laughs> oh, well, you can go to patreon.com uh, oh, oh, slash Patreon.com slash weird things, friends. Patreon.com slash weird things. Support us right there. Yeah, you get access to the After Things podcast a couple of days before it hits the feeds uh, and all sorts of good stuff. You get your own RSS feed where they all come out together. What? No, you don't got to deal with any passwords in your podcatcher. You don't got to do, oh, I got to authorize the feet. No, dog. They make yeah, it for you. Don't authorize the feet. Don't authorize your feet. <laughs> Patreon.com. So, but seriously, do these match? <laughs> <laughs> no, they still don't. You need to take a mirror right. to the store. We've clearly, like we, we, we've clearly passed a point here, and, and it's interesting as Hollywood, as we can see, can be very stubborn to adopt stuff, then all of a sudden it'll adopt everything, because like, you're not going to need makeup. You're going to have your actors show up, do their scenes. You're going to take a, you know, the, the, the best shots, the best stuff of them where they look right, map that onto there. Uh, virtual actors are going to be a lot easier to add into scenes. You'll be able to do that. You know, put three people at a table and, you know, add two more people that are just virtual extras. That's going to be a big thing. It reminds me of uh, uh, soon we all get to be Marlon Brando in Superman 1, where he somehow convinced the directors, like, I think it'll be better if you only use my first take. And instead of looking down at a baby, I'm looking down at the script. And I'm just... Yeah reading the script but the baby that you think is off screen is actually the script 
also just use the first take. It's the only one that's going to be any good. I'll take my millions of dollars. Bye. <laughs> like soon we all get to be that guy. That's Brando. And, but the amazing thing is how his, his takes were so good though. They were they even good. used them in Superman, Superman returns. Yeah. 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 Long after the Donner era. And also I found out that Donner wasn't, wasn't even there through all of Superman one. I, I, I did not know this. They shot Superman one and two back to back. And so, uh what happened was because superman 2 is credited to uh was the guy who did uh, the beatles some... yeah the other guy um, uh ringo Su paul no he, George. Uh, uh, boy this dude loves visual gags uh, i've been watching um <clears throat> caravan of garbage richard uh, lester sorry uh yes uh man do they take that whole series to task and richard lester specifically like they call out like boy he loves wacky <clears throat> gags it's it's amazing <laughs> Well, they because they did remember when they went to go produce Superman, they brought in Mario Puzo to go work on the script because coming high off of, of Godfather, he was such a big name. And the first take was like, ah, it's got to be this jokey comic book stuff. And you see those beats in there. And some of them are it's still a great movie. Superman one and two, I still think are great. Yes. Um, product of their times, but still, I think for decades still held up as some of the best superhero films because of the performances alone. But, but yeah, you go through there and you look at like, ah, it's gotta be, it's gotta be kind of a cartoon kind of like, and it's like, no, no, no. But uh, the, the, yeah. the one thing on Caravan of Garbage that they are unwavering on is their complete support and amazement at Christopher Reeves' performance from beginning to end every, no matter how good or bad the script is, no matter how wacky or dumb the gag is, that dude sells Superman. Like and nobody since it's been amazing and margot kidder every yes. lois lane since the superman movies they've tried to go for a margot kidder type yeah down to the facial structure like oh. almost always the always try to find that margot kidder quality to her also margot kidder like um uh for being a journalist uh they point out that uh boy four times during the movie she doesn't know how to spell things <laughs> like, oh yeah that's like the that's funny yeah. bit, is to constantly yeah. be asking how many t's in in a word <laughs> Cause that was the, cause she was so good at getting into trouble and getting the story. But when it came to like, uh, you know, spelling and that, like, yeah, that was the, the, but she was just, she would find the story. That's what I loved about it was she was just a, she was a great match for him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You hey, guys want to do picks? Yeah. I got, I got a weird one for you that I did not expect. I stumbled into this one, uh, walked into the room and I was like, what is this? And uh, my kids uh, are Saint watching. worship daddy. Uh, oh, my my eight-year-old and my 13-year-old, just on their own, decided to watch The Croods from 2013, oh. uh, a movie that I saw all the promotions for. And uh, I, I still don't know who released it. I assumed it was DreamWorks. And I was just like, eh, another one of these DreamWorks thing. You just make a sneery face and that's a DreamWorks movie. <laughs> um, I watched about five minutes. I came in at like the 12 or 13 minute mark. And it's when all I see is uh, these cave people who are like uh, in like three minutes, it had me hooked because they, they are refugees and they end up with what very clearly are meant to be coastal elites. And I realized, oh my God, this is Ohio visits California. And this is them putting up with different parenting styles and everything. Uh, loved it. It's smart. Hmm. It's funny. The pacing. It's 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 whip smart, and the and the the comedy pacing is is great. There's no fat to trim on it. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Bit weird that Jack Black shows up to sing the last song for no reason whatsoever. Uh, although I believe he's in the second cruise. I don't know, but uh, it was pretty good. I, I liked it quite a bit. 
I think they made a third one last year. If you want more crudes, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think one crude is all I needed. Uh, I, That's I, what we I, said about Shrek too. And look yeah. at that. Mm. Uh, mm. Hey man, uh, it, it eventually <laughs> got us to mouth sounds, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Justin, you got a pick? Uh, yes, we finished Raised by Wolves uh, on HBO Max, and my biggest complaint is that it's called Raised by Wolves <laughs> because I feel like uh, uh, if it were just called Crazy Robot Planet. I, I would have watched it sooner. Uh, it it look it, it is a high concept show in and it is a a a show transparently about philosophy and parentage and and the nexus therein. But guess what? They do it with robots and and crazy space crusaders and arcs and guns and creatures and and a a really. Uh, a, 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 a mythology that at times reminded me of like, oh, this is competent lost. This is what I wanted out of Prometheus. Like when you were like looking to explore the world of of uh, 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 the alien and, and the xenomorph and everything. It's like, that's the kind of stuff that I, I wanted. Raised by Wolves was, it, it delivered every inch of that. And also it's like, I know we're in award season now, I don't know if that lady has gotten the the the, the lead uh, android has gotten any um, award recognition, but she is stellar. Uh, the the male android is stellar. Like I don't think that people really appreciate how quickly that entire premise would fall apart if they are not walking this line between being very engaging. Uh, you know, making you want to root for them, but also them being apart from us. That that's a that's a that's a tremendous challenge. And, and then add to the d degree of difficulty that they're acting against children the entire time. Yeah. Like uh, notoriously they, not talented a... child actors. That's why they say whenever you can work with child actors, they're super easy to work with. Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 insane, and also it makes mullets look really cool oh my god does it make mullets look cool like very pro I don't know mullet if I've ever, i don't know if i've ever watched a show and just been like i looked at me and ashley and i'm like man we should go with mullets man this, this stuff is crazy it looks great it's it's a lot going on and it's one of these things like normally i hate when you jump into the second episode and you get backstory here it's really cool because it's set up such an interesting it sometimes you get backstory like, oh, he had a Jack had a fight with his father, and that's I don't care. I don't need it. Does not make yeah. the story more interesting here. Like, well, there's a civil war between atheists and a religious group. Like, what does that mean? Well, we'll show you so you understand what the stakes are here. And they're like, oh wow, okay. We so, uh, I think we mentioned this last week, but we're starting to watch this or rewatch this for for spoiler in time, a part of Court Killers, and. The, just watching that first episode, the um, there's it's a, a whole season. It's the the scene that takes place on the spaceship. Uh, that's all I'll say. But that scene, the very iconic scene that takes place on the spaceship, I thought that was in the second or third episode. I could not believe that that was still in the first episode, and that's like halfway through. There's so so much. It's great, and much like a second season might sometimes say, 
yeah, forget everything you heard in the first season. This is what the show's really about. On the second season, they do that on the second episode. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, there, there is a narrative momentum to this show where you land, or you know, literally, there's a landing, but like you, you, you drop in and you're like, oh, this is what the sh- no, wow, we're. <laughs> We're going pretty fast here. I guess it's not about that. And it's certainly not about that. Okay. Well, maybe. Uh, and then like, oh, well, maybe it's about her dream. No. Okay. We're already past that. Like the, the, they, they, the, the credits roll. You open up the door. You look down to a little boy and say, little boy, what day is it? And he says, it's Christmas. And you're like, well, he raised by wolves. They did it all in one night. <laughs> it was it's, magic. Yeah. It, it, it's crazy. Like they jam a boring first season into an episode and it (laughs) rules like you know it's awesome yeah uh i've got a pick i watched this over the weekend after uh a recommendation from a friend i i i was interested by the trailer and uh, i mostly had a pretty good time with it it is the new uh netflix film i care a lot I don't know if you guys mm. have seen this. this I, is, I, I've seen the buzz about it. That's about it. Uh, it's it's Rosamund Pike, um, and uh, uh, what's his name is is also in this. Peter Dinklage Peter is Dinklage. like is, is got a, a role in it. Uh, basically, she is um, a professional caregiver, kind of running the an, an old person caregiver scheme. She teams up with doctors and nursing homes to declare hence, hence old, the title. Yeah, to declare old people. Uh, you know, unfit to take care of themselves, and she puts them in a home and sells all their assets and makes all this money. Um, I thought, I thought, I I went into this and I came out of it wanting to know more about that and that practice of how how often does this happen? What is and and kind of the second third act of the movie kind of goes a little goofy. Um, it, it it goes a little goofy, especially with with. Peter Dinklage's um, uh, role in in the film, um, which was just a little uh, a little bit of a shame, because I I I would believe that that a non zero amount of this happens in America today, and I kind of wanted a more realistic look instead of like kind of this weird mix of like girl bosses get it done and. Here's the Russian mob fighting you because you picked the wrong lady. Like I, 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 I felt that the, the that aiming for it was very weird. But it, but it's a very thrilling, like good movie. Like I think there are a lot of really strong scenes of, of 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 tension and and um, kind of not being sure, you know, what is ultimately going to happen. Um, it's maybe a little long too, but I I so- I, I think it, it it's. It's fine. It's good. It's funny because like I watched the trailer for this and I turned to my girlfriend. I said, oh, that's kind of cool. A great premise because it's not really done. And she said the same thing. Someone in the chat room said, wasn't that like the dad and say anything? And I'm like, yeah, but that was like 35 years ago that we had that come <laughs> yeah. up with a topic. You, you just had your office space moment of some, of calling out like, isn't that the plot of Superman three? <laughs> like, yeah. like, well, yes, but it works. Well, like I was like 30, we don't, it's like a, it's a thing that happens a lot and it's not used a lot for stories, which is, you know, there's another, there's a movie out now about like the whole addiction system where you get or roll people in addiction recovery centers and the, the bounties they get. And like, there are all these sort of scammy, schemey things right on the surface that are meant to help people and don't, but I digress. Yeah. But my pick, I was, I was 
delightfully surprised. I don't know where the rest of the series is going to go, but for a pilot and for setting up stakes and where the story is, I was very interested. Um, and I'm talking about Superman and Lois. Any of you see this yet? No, I, I, that's another one I've seen some buzz about. Um, uh, what what network or over-the-top network is it? It's CW, it's, right? Yeah, it's CW, but uh, you can you can. Oh, this stream is the new Superman guy, too. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler yeah. Hochett. So you can stream it like on CW, the app with commercials, but I just went and bought the first episode. So the premise is Superman and Lois got married, and they have two teenage sons, you know, but they're of their sons. And uh, they're basically kind of their life together. It's a bit more drama than your CW sort of show, at least so far. It's got a little more weight to it, which is what I like, because some of the CW shows, like, people are like, Flash is fun. But I'm like, they have a prison underneath. They're like, these are horrible people. Like, they literally are like, you know, no habeas corpus. They're like literally like vigilantes imprisoning people in the horse. You know, like, they've got Guantanamo under this thing, and nobody's asking about that. Mm. point is... It gets the questions aren't asked here uh, so far. So good. Um, so I enjoyed it. And like, imagine the kind of it's set modern day and they have to go back to Smallville for reasons. And uh, Smallville's got problems. Uh, meth, uh, extreme Ooh. poverty. <laughs> it's Ooh, that's no tasty. I, what a, what a, what a, what a, uh, the uh, story, not meth. No, no, no. I, well, yeah. what, what, what I mean Both is, price. um, uh, <laughs> The the brighter a candy shell gets, the more I hunger for for some darkness to go with it. And it sounds yeah. like there's no there's no there's no shortage of darkness in everything you just said. Yeah, and that's what I loved about it was because like they they have to you know the premise is they're gonna go go back and live in Smallville and spoiler alert, but that's what they really say when you watch the trailer. But like the fact that like Smallville's like you know somebody says like yeah well you know when you have to go answer fires and it's because some mom burned down the house making meth. And I'm like, oh, this Smallville sounds fascinating. <laughs> this so, Smallville sounds like Realville. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's trying to like address what's happening in Middle America, which is a story that's kind of not talked about a lot mm-hmm. outside of Middle America of of kind of the erosion and what's happening there. Well, and, and so uh, there, there, there's definitely like um, it's. I would imagine. Hollywood's problem is partly because it's hard to tell the story of poverty-stricken rural America without either taking a side politically or being looking like you're taking a side politically and without looking like you're punching down or whatever. It's like, we, we, uh, I, I think you're right. I think there's a the wire that belongs in rural middle America. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's, it's, it's weird because it doesn't have to be really political. It's about the problems are poverty. Right. <laughs> you know? well, well, and, and maybe, maybe, maybe it's a, a Superman show that can pull the trick because it has yeah. a coupon of yeah. uh, pretending it's not really about that at all. Yeah. And that's what I really liked was I liked the setup of sort of the premise because you have Lois Lane, the actress plays her. She's great, super capable, what have you. And the idea of you're going to get complications and they've got the big mega story too and other thing going on. But I like, I'm like, yeah, I like the fact that we're going to put Superman into a world where you can rescue people from a house that's, this doesn't happen, but you can rescue people from a house that's burning down, but you can't stop the mom from using meth. Right. Which, what do you do? So anyhow, first, I only seen the first episode, which I enjoyed. Uh, I thought all the actors are great, really well cast. Dude, we'll, we'll, we'll know it's, we'll know. <laughs> sorry. Oh, I was going to give a big old spoiler on the wire. Never mind. 
I mean, I think we're past the point now. The wire. Okay, I think okay. Well, then, then, uh, I, I, you'll know. You'll know it's nailing it when when Superman like invents a serial killer <laughs> to help solve the problem of how to get uh, the money faucet running to take care of everyone. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. It's been weird. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.